Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, chaplain, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. We're going to talk about the book of Revelation, and we're beginning this series, and I want to be finished before Christmas, so you're already thinking, well, we're not even to Halloween, and you want to be done by Christmas, but I, just to give you an idea, I wrote a thesis on the seven spirits of God, and that, I could maybe preach that in 10 or 12 weeks, just on that one topic. So to get through the whole book of Revelation is going to be quite a, a feat because I have to decide what are we going to leave out. And having said that in your handout, you'll see there's a lot of different views on the back of that. It talks about four different views that people have for the book of Revelation. There are those that believe that it's all past. They're called preterist. They believe that it all took place and when the temple was destroyed in AD 70, all of that took place. However, I strongly disagree because you don't have the resurrection of the dead. You don't have all of the rapture of the saved. You don't have the great holocaust of people because we find at different points that a third of the population, as a matter of fact, as we go through the book of Revelation, I think I've tallied somewhere that close to three-fourths of the world's population will die. However, we have good news. If you are a child of God, we're not going to be here. And so, having said that, and then there are those that take the view that it is uh, just spiritual, and it only deals with how you are in your, in your spiritual walk, when you're going through difficult times. Therefore, you make it say what you want it to say, and it deals with you, and it helps you. However, the book is future. And the book is literal. Now there are a lot, there's lots of symbolic language, but it is a literal and it speaks to literal happenings, literal occasions. So there's all kinds of different views, but I believe that the book is a book of prophecy. It's a book of the future. In preparing for this, I went through and looked at Daniel and Ezekiel and Zechariah as well as what our Lord said in Matthew 24 and 25, what we call the Olivet Discourse. He talks about, because the question there is, what shall be the sign of your coming? And he explains to the disciples, these are the, going to be the things of the coming. You know, the Apostle Peter, the Apostle Paul, they talk a lot about different aspects of the coming of Christ. But I don't think there's any better introduction, and that's why I set aside the... PowerPoint, no better introduction than what the Holy Spirit inspired John to write, verses 1 through 3. So that's where we're going to concentrate this morning. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him 
to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. We'll stop right at that point. I hope we'll get through some of the different things in the book of Revelation. I've tried to give you some of the different terms that will be used. I'll give you other terms. We're going to be talking about millennialism, premillennialism, and I'll talk about some of those things. I will give you those uh, terms so you have those defined for you. And as we think about all of the different theologies... It's best just to take the book as literal as possible. That it means exactly what it says. That really when John says that he is writing to the seven churches, it is something that has a great application for us in this day and age. I've never preached the whole series through the book of Revelation. I've preached series you know, through this book or that book. And I've preached different texts in the book of Revelation, but never the whole topic, never the whole thing. So this is new to me, and it's fresh, and I hope that it will encourage you spiritually. I hope it will lift you up. I hope that you will just be moved because it's a life-transforming experience that's tucked into these verses. And I hope that this morning you just get a, a little view of the great things that God has. Because we're going to break it down word by word. And you may say, oh, Brother Paul, we expected that. <laughs> it seems like you like to break things down word for word. Because how does it start out? The Revelation. When you talk about the book of Revelation, never say Revelations. Because it's singular. I've heard many, many different people, and I understand it's just in their ignorance. It's my pet peeve. Because it is revealing one thing, Jesus Christ. Now, there are many things that we're going to see and many topics that we're going to learn, but it's singular because it is to reveal Jesus Christ. And that is the key to everything that follows. The Revelation, these truths in the book of Revelation were carried on the back of many symbols. They're, they're brought to us in lots of different figures of speech and symbols and things like that. It's interesting there are no direct quotes from the Old Testament. There's 404 verses and 275 references to the Old Testament, but not a singular, singular actual quote. There's not a, a, a reference, but there is great connection there. The relationships are in connections and references rather than direct quotations. So the book is really the unveiling of Jesus Christ. It's really to explain and that we might see the great opportunity. I, I want us just to think about what it means to be unveiled, what it means to be revealed, what it means to be uncovered. Do you remember when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus the story in Luke chapter 2? They bring him to Jerusalem to dedicate the brand new child to the Lord. And there is a man by the name of Simeon. And Simeon sees the child. 
And it says in chapter 2, verse 25, that Simeon was a righteous, devout man looking for the consolation of Israel. In other words, he was looking for the Messiah and the Holy Spirit was upon him. He takes the baby in verse 28. He takes the baby in his arms and he blesses God. And this is what he says, Now, Lord, thou dost let thy bondservant depart in peace according to thy word. That is, I can die now. I've seen the Messiah. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. There is a word here that is the same word. It is apocalypse. Now Luke is not one of the original apostles. Neither is Mark. We might understand that the Gospels were not all written by apostles. But Luke was a Gentile. And so it was exciting to him that God would have said, here is a light of revelation to the Gentiles. In other words, that you and I can understand we have Christ revealed. Christ is unveiled. And he saw, literally he saw the Christ child, the Savior, was made visible as shining forth as a person. And that's what the revelation is. It's the shining forth of a person. And whenever it's used of a person, and, and there's lots of places in the New Testament where such as in 1 Peter 1 and 7, it talks about his, his appearing. In 1 Corinthians 1 and 7, it's translated as his coming or his arrival. In Romans 8, 19, it uses the word manifestation. All of those words, revelation, it means that it is the shining forth of the person so that everyone could see he is the appearing. It's the manifestation. That's what revelation is. It's revealing the person. It's not revealing a concept. It's not revealing just an idea. It's an essence. And so here it reveals Jesus Christ shining forth. We're going to see His blazing glory. We're going to see something about Jesus Christ revealed here that is just phenomenal. Many people assume that this book hides and it's full of secrets and it's, they're confused and they think it's strange or mysterious. It's an unsolvable riddle. And that's just not so. It is the uncovering. It is the unveiling. It is for us to understand these are the things which are coming. And they were written that we might understand. And it reveals amazing truths of the power and the glorious overcoming that the strength of Christ has. We're going to see Him overcome sin and Satan. It's the ultimate triumph of believers. And there are many believers who are killed for the cause of Christ, but it reveals the glory of their worship. It reveals the end of human history as we know it. And the beginning of a whole new age, the millennial age. It shows the final political setup of this world. And I think that these things are being lined up now. It reveals the triumph of God's saving purpose. It's going to reveal the Antichrist in his career and the final battle of Armageddon. It reveals the need to fight the forces of Satan 
continually and patiently. It reveals the glories of Christ, His kingdom on earth. It reveals the new heaven and the new earth. It reveals the, the triumph ultimately of God's purpose. All of these things we got from one word, the or two words, the revelation. Hi, this is Paul Thomas. Sorry to interrupt your listening. Permit us to take a moment to let you know how you can contact us at School of Ministry. You can now reach us at schoolofministryresources.org or biblelandmarks.com. You can also reach us at P.O. Box 837, Valley Springs, California, 95252. Thank you for tuning in. Now, back to the message. The revelation, it reveals the final end of Satan, the end of sin. It's the opposite of a puzzle. It's the opposite of a mystery. It is the opposite of a covering. It is the uncovering. It's not the hiding. It's the unhiding. It's the unveiling. Maybe that's a new word, unhiding. It is so that we can see these things. It is the apocalypse. That's the words, the, the Greek words, apocalypsis Jesu Christo. The unveiling, the revealing, the revelation of Jesus Christ. In fact, this is the best way. This is really front page news because it explains exactly what's going to happen. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And as we go through this and we stop and we look at each one of these terms, we're going to see this is the main point. That I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify these things to the churches, he says here in chapter 1. It's true that the revelation comes from God and certainly from Jesus Christ, but it is best that we understand John's statement in this regard. It's not so much as the revelation from Jesus Christ, and I'm glad that the major translations translate it as the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not that Jesus is giving us a revelation. It's not coming from Him, but it is revealing Him, the person. We're seeing Jesus Christ. It's Christ who is unveiled here. And it doesn't take us very long. As a matter of fact, when you get down to verse 4, 5, 6, 7, that Christ begins to be unveiled in 7 and 8, where you begin to see His blazing glory. And I encourage you to go through and read this whole chapter. And then in chapters 2 and 3, He begins to scrutinize His churches. There are some that say that the messages to the churches are uh, historical. And that therefore, we see... They talk about the popes and the Roman Catholic Church and you can see the Jesuits and the Goths and the, you can see uh, the French Revolution and they make up all kinds of things. Leave that alone. We're going to take it for what it says. This is coming. This is future. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. We're not going to get off into some of those other things. We're going to take it exactly what it says because he says and it's so clear the revelation of Jesus Christ in His glory. In chapter 4 through 22, we see the whole theme is the unveiling of the glory of Christ. His second coming. He establishes back on earth His kingdom. The earth is made right. Satan is put down. 
the kingdom of this world is put down and the kingdom of God takes place. Christ is uncovered and presented in glory. Christ is presented in majesty. In all of the Gospels, we see Jesus coming in this first, in his first coming, in humiliation. His deity is clothed in humanity. And we do not see the, the greatness that now this book, that culminates all of the Bible, that is the fulfillment of everything. Remember in Genesis chapter 3, it says that the Messiah would crush the head of the serpent. We have that in this book. We have the culmination of all of the promises of God right here revealed to us. It's exciting. It's something that is just an amazing thing. Remember in 1 Corinthians 1 and 7, it says that we are now awaiting eagerly the apocalypsis. Jesus Christ, the revealing of Jesus Christ, the unveiling. In 2 Thessalonians 1 and 7, it says, The Lord Jesus Christ shall be revealed. And that's what we have in this book. That's what we have here. This is the Apocalypsis Jesus Christ, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Peter uses that same uh, phrase, so does Paul in Galatians 1 and uh, 11 and 12. And I'm not going to get through all of those because I think that it's important for us to recognize what great things he's got. Paul says that he got his gospel revealed from Jesus Christ and it reveals the truth about Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, he talks about there in verse 13 of, of Galatians. It says, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism and how I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and try to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond, beyond my many contemporaries among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. But when he, who had set me apart, even from his mo my mother's womb, had called me through his grace, that is God, was well pleased to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I didn't immediately consult with flesh and blood, and he goes on because that's the idea that now we are revealing Jesus Christ. We are seeing him. The revelation, he says, of, of, that I received of Jesus Christ from God. That's the idea of this. As we get back to this book, notice what he says. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him. Notice him is in... It, it, it's... Uh, capitalized. It's the antecedent of Jesus Christ. It refers back to Jesus Christ to show his servants. You see, what he's talking about here is Christ is the central theme of the book. And as we're closing out the Bible, as we saw in the Gospels, his deity is hidden. It's covered over in manhood. His godhood is hidden in humanity. Just one did we get a glimpse at the Mount of Transfiguration? Just one time was that veil pulled back a little bit. Sometimes maybe in some of His miraculous works we see a little bit of His deity. But most of the time the glory, the majesty, the deity, the wonder, the marvel of the Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, 
They're veiled. These attributes were covered over in the flesh. He was born in a stable. He was raised in poverty. He knew what it was to hunger, to thirst. He knew what it was to be beaten and bruised, to be mocked. He was crucified and raised up as a felon among other felons. So the whole world would scoff as they gazed at him. That was the last time they saw Jesus. That was the last time the world, because when he was resurrected, he didn't come back to Herod. He didn't go back to Pilate. He didn't say, see, you can't keep me down. He didn't go to the high priest and say, see who I am. He went to his disciples. He went to his church. They saw him. The world didn't see him except on the cross. But in this beautiful book, we see now the glory of God. We see now what the world wasn't seeing because the last time they saw Jesus, he was hanging in shame, misery, and anguish. And this unbelieving world sees him crucified as a criminal on a, on a Roman cross. But the plan of God and the grace of God is just immeasurable. But then the world is going to see him coming again. The world is going to see him. This is part of God's plan. That the world shall see the Son of God in his full character, in his glory, in his majesty. They're going to see him as the second person of the Godhead. And, and as we get into this book, that is the central theme. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.